podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 117. Holy smokes. So I don't bury the lead as I used to do. I don't think I tend to do it anymore, but I just got used to saying that. So I don't bury the lead as I used to do. <laughs> Our fighter going 10 rounds with Rhino is 13-4, UFC lightweight, Victor, or as we like to call him, Vic the Brick Martinez. A little bit later on, going to go 10 rounds with Rhino. It is super awesome. Uh, we caught him on a long drive back from Fortis MMA to his hometown in South Texas. So really fun chat with him. Can't wait for you guys to check that out. So our intro and schedule is as follows. Uh, we got another jam-packed show for you this week. We're going to start off with some of the results from Bellator 276 from St. Louis, Missouri. Our full UFC Vegas 50 breakdown. Drea's drop of the night. Our main card picks for UFC London. So awesome Q&A with the Rhino gang, plus the aforementioned Vic the Brick Martinez goes 10 rounds of Rhino. So, without further ado, Drea, let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So we're just going to do a few of the fights from Bellator 276, full bias included. We're going to do three Rhino gang fighters, plus the main event. Um, just our, our guest from last week, Roman Feraldo, got a beautiful first round TKO. He had a hard jab, which knocked Kelvin Rayford down, finished up with some really beautiful GMP early first round TKO stoppage for Roman Feraldo at 170 pounds. Moving into 205, we had Alex Easy Polizzi versus Jose Augusto Azevedo, and Alex took a huge knee to the face. Oh my God. Well, look at the replay on that, folks. It is incredible that he was able to survive it. Um, he ended up getting the rear naked choke in the third round. So he fought through the incredible knee to the face, got the RNC three, um, over Jose, uh, at Bellator 276. And then finally our boy JJ Wilson lost a very tough unanimous decision to Godzi Rabadanov, Rabadanov. I think I'm saying that right. Um, tough win, tough win, tough loss. I should say for JJ at 155, but I know he'll be back. And then finally the main event, Adam Boric's. I uh, got the 145-pound title over, I'm sorry, not the title, 145-pound win over Mads Burnell for Bellator 276. <laughs> Let's go into our prelims for UFC Vegas 50. Our first one was at 205. We had Azmat Merzikhanov versus Tafan Chukwi. Um, Azmat had some really looping lefts, but Tafan's leg kicks, his body kicks, he, Tafan was in full control in rounds one and two, and then part of three. He seemed stronger. He seemed faster. Asmat seemed to be, you know, gassing pretty early. It just looked like it was going to be Tafan the whole way through. And then out of nowhere, a giant fucking knee hits Nchukwi right in the face, puts him down. Asmat Murkanov got the fucking TKO in the third. Unbelievable comeback. And this was a great card, and there was lots of comebacks, so we're going to get to those. But big win for Asmat at 205 with a TKO in the third round. Moving in our first of the uh, Rhino Gang fighters from last night, we had Chris Moutinho versus the 42-year-old 135-er Guido Canetti. Wow, Guido, you would never guess he's 42 with how fast that guy is. His punches were coming like lightning. His kicks were super hard. Chris had his hands down for some reason um, in an exchange. Guido caught him with like six, seven, eight punches in a row. Uh, You know, Chris Moutinho, his toughness has never been questioned. I think, you know, I, I think that some people were calling calling it an early stop, but I don't think it was. I think the referee did the right thing. Again, you, you land six, seven, eight punches when the guy is going backwards and he looks like he's getting hurt. You got to stop the fight. So big win for, four, once again, 42-year-old 135-er Guido Canetti over Chris Moutinho. Moving into 185, we had Dolce Lucambula over Lugambula. 
I'm having, I'm struggling with names this week. I'm telling you what. <laughs> uh, versus Cody Bundridge. <clears throat> this one was, again, a big comeback. Cody Cody tried to take uh, Dolce down, but Dolce was just smashing him during the scrambles. He was hitting him with beautiful hammer fists and punches. Really, he busted up Cody when they got back to the feet. They went up against the cage, and Dolce was really hurting him again. Um, huge uppercuts, but then Cody somehow, someway got the takedown, slapped on the rear naked, I'm sorry, slapped on the guillotine choke, and... Um, yeah, tapped him out, man. It, another comeback, dude. Crazy. So, uh, Dolce Lugambula loses to Cody Bundridge by submission in the first round in a big comeback at 185 for Cody. All right, let's go ahead and do our 125ers. We had Miranda Maverick, or Miranda Fear the Maverick, as we like to say, another member of our beloved Rhino gang, versus Sabina Mazo, the very tall striker from Colombia. Um, Miranda did a great job of leaping in and out, right? She had a huge disadvantage in the in the distance right in the reach and the legs but she was kind of doing this motion where she would essentially hop in throw a punch or two and then get out and she was doing a really good job uh she had some a few beautiful takedowns including a judo throw got on top of sabina mazo got her back got the rear naked choke in the second round for miranda maverick so she wins at 125 pounds over sabina mazo moving into 145 we had damon the leech jackson versus kamula kirk uh, Damon was very aggressive with his punches and kick combos early. He had a big knee. Uh, Camilla Kirk also had a big knee that landed on Damon Jackson. Late in the round, Damon got a takedown to mount, and then pretty much as soon as the second round hit, Damon went right in, got a takedown, got the arm control, beautiful, got the arm control, got the top control, got the arm triangle for a beautiful submission win over Camilla Kirk. Another win for Damon Jackson, who was on quite the tear as of late. Moving to 135, we had Javid Basharat versus Trevin Jones, the Guamanian Trevin Jones. Uh, not much from either guy in the first round. Basharat had a couple of nice knees. It was a lot more of like throw, but not hitting, right? There was a lot of misses and there was a lot of blocks. In the second, both fighters had their decent, had some decent moments. Um, Trevin's leg kicks are really starting to come on well, but Javid had really good movement, kind of get in, get out, stick and move, one, two, one, two, three, move, you know, angle out. So Javid's one, two was really, I think, the story of the fight. He was landing a lot of those. Um, it was a fun third round, very back and forth. Javid was a little bit more accurate, so he got the unanimous decision in that one over Trevin Jones. Moving into another Rhino gang fighter, our homie A.J. Fletcher from down in Louisiana, Versus the very tough Matthew Semi, the Jedi Semmelsberger. Wow. <clears throat> this one was a back and forth, grueling struggle of a fight. Big takedown for AJ Early. Had some nice ground and pound. In the second round, a left hook into another takedown for AJ. But then, man, big ups to Matthew Semmelsberger for getting up right away, reversing it. Um, he got the takedown. It was a lot of scrambles. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of back and forth. I mean, just you were tired watching this fight, how hard the output was from these two guys. Matthew Summelsberger did a good job, especially in the third of, uh, of top control and of doing damage from top. AJ Fletcher, we all know this kid is going to be a fucking good addition to either 170 or if he decides to move down to 155. He is a really talented fighter, but Matthew Summelsberger did a great job last night of getting the UD in that one. Moving back into 125, we had Jillian Robertson versus J.J. Aldridge. Uh, J.J. was definitely the batter on the feet. We've seen Jillian really struggling on her feet in her last several fights. 
<clears throat> when it goes to the ground, we know Jillian is a great submission artist and she has a good top control and she's good at scrambling. But JJ had a smart game plan and was like, I don't want to go to the ground with you. And if I do, I'm getting right back up and getting away. Right. So Jillian, you know, to, to her credit for being a great grappler, she really needs to work extensively on her feet and in closing distance in order to get the fight to the ground. Um, we have a great question about her a little bit later in the Rhino gang. So JJ Aldridge got the very clear cut unanimous decision in that one with her much cleaner striking and keeping it on the feet. Moving into our 185-pound class, we had Alex Pajeda, world-class K1 kickboxer, fighting the ultra-tough Bruno Silva. Wow. So the first round, the kicks at all three levels for Pajeda. He was landing beautiful leg kicks, body kicks, even a couple head kicks. Even the ones that got blocked were doing some damage to Bruno Silva. But Bruno Silva kept moving forward, throwing nice, hard combinations, the thing that was most impressive about Alex Pajaya last night was the few times that Bruno got a good shot in on him, Alex sprawled out just perfectly. I mean, full extension, was able to get up. He had no, uh, you know, he didn't have that look of, oh, fuck, what do I do? You know what I mean? It was almost like instinctual at this point or instinctive. And you could tell that work up in uh, Connecticut with Glover to share and his team is really paying off, particularly in the takedown defense. So Bruno Silva stayed in the fight. He got hurt a few times. Alex's left hook is just incredible, um, but he he poured it on Bruno, but Bruno stuck, you know, stuck it out, and, and he did a great job in that fight. But yeah, it was very clear cut, thirty twenty seven. Alex Pajeda for the UD for that one, and again, that was only his sixth pro MMA fight. I mean, he has a ton of kickboxing, but Bruno Silva had like four or five times the fight, so that's a really impressive win for uh, Alex Pajeda. Moving into 120, I'm sorry, 125. Moving into 155, we had our guy Terrence McKinney versus the very tough Rudover. I don't even know what to, where to go with this. <laughs> like, Terrence McKinney, as seemingly always, had a huge knee and a combo that dropped Drew Dober. Drew Dober. The, the, the takedown for T-Rex, he got on top and, and was landing some shots. And, and I thought the fight was over. We all, I think, did. Drew Dober showed his, his, his caginess, his veteran um, ability to withstand, was able to reverse. Um, he landed a huge knee that dropped Terrence, jumped on for the GMP to a TKO finish. Was a whirlwind of a fight. TKO in the first round win for Drew Dober. He calls out Bobby Green, which is a fantastic matchup that I really want to see. So yes, because we know we we love Bobby Green around here and Drew Dober. Man, what a win for you last night! So I love the idea of that fight. Terrence McKinney took the fight on very short notice, and he really almost pulled off a huge upset. So Terrence McKinney is going to be back, I am sure. Moving into our guy Khalil Roundtree, probably my favorite. Overall fighter on the card. Matter of fact, there's no probably he is. Um, forever long fan of Khalil Roundtree. Love that guy. Versus Carl Robertson. Roberson, very good kickboxer. The first round was a lot of um, feeling out, and there was a lot of you know strikes thrown, that, but just not much landed, right? There was a lot of – they were trying to get that distance right. Um, there was some beautiful leg kicks from both guys. And then early in the second, Khalil came out like a, a man possessed. Huge hook drops Carl. And then a combo of hooks. It was, a, it was actually a body kick on the ground, which I had forgotten all about when Khalil was on the Ultimate Fighter, how he did that very same thing. But he did, and he does. So don't stay on the ground if Khalil Roundtree is by you because he's going to kick you in the body. It's going to hurt. Um, yeah, beautiful K uh, TKO for Khalil Roundtree. And then what an incredible speech 
afterwards about, you know, wanting to help people and, um, you know, the struggles that he's overcome in his life and how he wants to, you know, just inspire and help other people, which I think, especially in today's world, is, is a beautiful and rare thing. So big ups to Khalil Roundtree, not only for the win, but for the um, post-fight inspiration, dude. That was awesome. So moving into 145 with Super Sadiq Youssef versus Alex Caceres. Um, Alex had an early takedown, so he got right up. He caught uh, Alex's knee and dumped him. Um, you know, Alex's striking is really it's a lot of sticking and moving. He doesn't like to stay in the pocket and engage too much. So this fight was really kept on the outside for the majority of it. And Sadiq Youssef, man, those leg kicks were just thunderous, both inside and outside. Really slowed down Alex. Uh, Sadiq Youssef clearly outstruck and was in charge of that fight over Alex Caceres. So Sadiq Youssef got the uh, unanimous decision in that one. Great to see him get back into the win column. Moving into everyone's favorite name, Song Yidong and Marlon Marhaes. We did not have to wait for long for this one, Drea. A right hook, then a left hook, then an uppercut from Song right on Marlon's chin. Knocked him down and out. What a beautiful First round stoppage for Songy Dong, and then the joy that his name brings to the timeline and our group chat will never be understated because we love it. So, moving into the main event, <laughs> the main event was two of five pounders: Magomed Ankalaev versus one of my seriously one of my most favorite fighters of all time, Thiago Santos, Marietta, as he's known. Harshman <clears throat> shots were thrown in the first round, but not much was landing. Right, this was extremely disappointing there was it was a very slow pace the 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 strikes that were being thrown didn't seem to have too much on them i think they said uncle i've only landed five in the whole first round there was a ton of posturing there was a ton of fainting there was a ton of herky-jerky motions but just not there was a lot of sizzle with no steak you know what i'm saying and it was a really disappointing and bummer of a fight it was a five-round ud for magomed on I'd rather not talk about that fight anymore. <laughs> let's let's bring the energy back up. And again, I don't want to that to take the wind out of the sails of what a fantastic night of fights it was. I mean, it really, that was an exciting, great, well-matched, fighters-delivered card. And then, of course, Khalil Roundtree. Hell yeah, my dude. <laughs> okay, so Drea, let's get into your world-famous Drea's Drop of the Night. Drea! Drop of the Night. Well, I don't normally do this but i have to give out two today uh the first one is for our boxing fans last night's boxing match between lee wood and michael conlin uh this fight went the whole 12 rounds and in the final minutes of round 12 uh wood caught conlin with this right hand that had him out on his feet and then he hit him again and he literally just fell through the ropes out of the ropes out of the ropes uh, and out of the ring the and it was yeah, and it was uh, it was in an insane chaos. So, uh, congrats to Lee Wood. You get my first Drea's drop of the night. And the second drop is for our MMA fam. Uh, I got to give my drop to Khalil Roundtree for, oh, yeah. for his KO over Carl Roberson. Uh, in round two, as they were scrambling, Khalil uh, was able to get up off the ground through that brutal body kick that just sounded like it hurt me through list just listening <laughs> to it and um and then he began to get up and he threw one headshot that put him right back down and herb dean uh waved off the fight so uh congratulations to khalil roundtree you get my you also get my drea's drop of the night 
Hell yeah, dude. The 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 thing about I love the box they went from last night again. That that might have a KO of the year written all over as far as the boxing writers go. But you know, I've heard other people and seen other people talk about like this is now a blankety blank stand account for the next week. This really really might be a little Roundtree stand account because mm-hmm. I've been a fan of him for so long. And again, even before last night, I've been singing his praises for forever. I love that dude, and man, I am I am just over the moon impressed with him. So yes, Khalil Roundtree all day, Lee Wood, an incredible knockout for you as well. So Drea, let's get into our main card picks for UFC London. Um, thankfully to you, because I only had five of them down, you gave me the sixth one before we started recording. So I, 170 pounds, I've got Gunnar Nelson beating Takashi Sato by third round submission. What about you? Uh, I have Gunnar Nelson with the submission also, but I'm going round two. All right. Moving into 205, I've got Paul Craig beating Nikita Krylov also by submission, but this is going to be round two. Round two sub for Paul Craig over Nikita Krylov. What say you feature play, Andrea? Um, I'm actually going Krylov I'm gonna, with the UD. I think that's going to go to the whole fight. All right. Moving into... Um, Mr. Haircut, Patty Pimblett versus Rodrigo <laughs> Vargas. I've got Patty Pimblett winning by third round TKO on the feet due to punches. Patty Pimblett over Rodrigo Vargas. What about you? Uh, I'm going Patty the Batty as well, um, but I'm going to give it to him in the second round. TKO in the second. All right. Moving into the big boys at 265, we've got Sergey Pavlovich. I've got him beating Shamil Abdurakhmanov. By um, UD in that one. UD for Sergey over Shamil. What about you? Yeah, I picked Sergey uh, UD as well. Moving into a very intriguing fight, which we have a question about in the Rhino Gang uh, Q&A. Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker. I've got Arnold Allen beating Dan Hooker by a very uh, devastating, and I mean devastating. I think it's going to be a great fight for two rounds. I think the third, Arnold's going to pull away. So I'm giving him a devastating clean KO in the third round for Arnold Allen. What about you? Hmm. We're opposite sees on that. Um, I'm taking Dan Hooker, but I'm giving him the unanimous decision. Yeah, we couldn't be more opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then moving into a fight I'm so super looking forward to, of course. We've got Tom Aspinall, who I think is the future in the heavyweight division versus very... Uh, we had to hear it on the broadcast last night about 200 times. Six foot seven, Alexander Volkov. But like, is it that big of a deal if you're six seven if the guy you're fighting is six five? It's not really. Okay, no, it's so, really not. <laughs> we got the big striker, Alexander Volkov. I got Tom Aspinall. Um, I think it's going to be a, a very competitive. I think it's going to be kind of a slower first round. We're used to seeing Tom Aspinall usually in a sprint. I think he's going to be a little bit more weary, a little bit more calculated. So the first round is going to be kind of a, you know, kind of a warm up round. And then in the second round is when I've got Tom Aspinall finding his range, getting Alexander Volkov out by a standing TKO. So I think he's going to land a bunch of shots while they're standing. And then the ref's going to wave it off. So I got second round TKO for Tom Aspinall. What about you? I'm taking Tom Aspinall as well, but like you mentioned earlier, he usually just sets it off in the first round. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the first round TKO over Volkov. 
All right, so that's going to be our conclusion to our main card picks for UFC London this upcoming Saturday. So, Drea, we've got ourselves quite the bevy of questions today. Let's go ahead and get our Twitter questions. Our first one comes from our dear homie up in Canada way, <laughs> Rage and Sweet Potato. What do you got this week, my brother? For years, Mickey's Fine Malt Liquor has been a big sponsor of the UFC. And then Thor's <laughs> Light. <laughs> now we see Uncle Dana's Howlerhead Whiskey logo plastered all over the octagon. Do you think Dana actually pays for that spot on the canvas, or does he use his executive privilege to get that prime spot for free? And what has been your favorite sponsor over the years in the UFC? So I definitely, <laughs> I definitely remember drinking Mickey's as a young man and like every time just rock gut, bro. Like that. And I'm not saying it's that way for everybody. I'm just saying for me, that was my experience with Mickey. So I, I rarely <laughs> drink Mickey's, and, but it, it is, there is like a level of nostalgia when I think about that being on the canvas. Um, so to answer the far part about Dana, no, I don't think he pays much, if anything, for that prime real estate of the uh, howler head on the canvas. And then for me, do some sponsors that I miss, not because I was a big fan of their product, but just that time that they were big sponsors. And that's Zion's Energy Drinks and Tap Out. Not only do they bring me like a feeling of nostalgia, but it reminds me of a time when the UFC was, yeah, it was exploding in popularity, but it was still this cool thing, right? It was this cool thing that not everybody knew about that. <clears throat> maybe you had heard of, but you weren't sure. And then like, you know, Chuck Liddell, you know, had Zion's on the thing that Chuck Liddell wore a Zion shirt. Um, you know, when I, whenever I see him wearing that, any of his commercials, I, cause he was my favorite fighter. And I was like, yeah, science is great, but I don't drink energy drinks. So I never actually tried science and then tap out. Not only did I love the fact that there was a clothing brand that was specific to MMA, right. With tap out, but there was a show on, it was fuel and it might've been, it was something else at the time, but I think when I was watching it was fuel and tap out had their own show. And they drove it. We've referenced it on the show before where uh, Mask and Punk Ass and Stretch would all drive to different gyms. One of them was Cowboy Cerrone, right, when he was still in the WEC. And they would, like, hang out with the fighters for a week and sponsor them. And <clears throat> I just loved that whole thing, that whole time, that whole era, that whole uh, vibe that was going on right then when it was just kind of getting big, right, that mid-2000s era. So, yeah, Zions and Tap Out. Our two sponsors, I definitely look back on fondly, not specifically because of the brand themselves, but because of the time when they were popular, right? So that uh, <laughs> that's definitely my answer on that one. Great question, as always, my dude. All right, let's go, and go to our next Twitter question. It comes from my homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got this week, brother? Your thoughts on next week's Dan Hooker versus Arnold Allen fight. So the doc's like, you know, it looks super interesting on paper. Yeah, it does look super interesting on paper. Here, here's my take on it. Dan Hooker has fought some of the very best guys at 155, except for Khabib. <laughs> so <laughs> for the last five years, I mean, he's fought the who's who. I mean, honestly, and he's lost a lot of those fights, right? He's, he's lost three of his last four. Um, Arnold is 17 and one. Now, he has a few nice wins, too. Sadiq Youssef, Nick Lentz, Maquan Amir Khani. Not quite the level, right? Not quite the level that uh, Dan Hooker has fought. But I think it's that it's that really fun kind of up-and-comer versus kind of the wily, cagey veteran. Again, I, I think Dan Hooker, of course, can win this fight. He's extremely talented, and he's a really good fighter. But I've got Arnold Allen kind of 
ascending the level, taking that next step, going up that one more flight of stairs, right, to get to the top. I've got him beating Dan Hooker by a clean KO in the third, and I think it's going to be a really interesting, fun scrap with two extremely talented fighters. Very much looking forward to it. So, Doc, thank you so much, my dude. All right, let's go get our homie, the Dean Dog, the motorcycle riding madman. Dean Dog, what do you got this week, my dude? With most people saying this fight night was one of the best, which fight was your favorite, least favorite, who impressed you the most, and who disappointed? <laughs> so my favorite fight was uh, Terrence McKinney versus Drew Dober because a comeback like that, all of the excitement, the the roller coaster that it was, I mean, you can't ask for much better than that, right? So that was probably my favorite fight from last night. My least favorite fight was very clearly our main event. Main event. <laughs> <laughs> On Kalaya versus Tiago. The, the J.J. Aldridge-Julian Robertson fight was not, you know, my favorite fight either, but it was, you know... It was it was it was Gaethje Poirier compared to Ankalaev and Tiago. So definitely going with our main event on that one. Who impressed me the most? It's a tie. Uh, Drew Dober, obviously for coming back from from where he was at to beating Terrence McKinney. And then of course, if you've listened to the show at all, it's Khalil Roundtree, man. This is Khalil <laughs> Roundtree's moment in the sun. I, I I cannot say enough good things about the guy. So yes. Most impressed by Khalil Roundtree and Drew Dober. Most disappointing. I really am more disappointed in Tiago Santos because I had a higher expectation of him. Magomed Ankalaev is not one of my favorite fighters. He's not somebody that I'm looking at all the time. Like, oh, I can't wait for the can't wait for the Ankalaev fight. Oh boy! Like it's just. But I, I have been like that for Tiago Santos for like a decade, and he really the the, the lack of output, the lack of aggression, and the lack of uh, going forward really bummed me out last night so that was what i was most disappointed in so dean dog thank you so much my dude i love that question all right let's go into our homie ty the fly guy from the front kicks and throw cuddles pod ty what do you got this week dude hey rhino got a question for you what has been going on with jillian robertson she was this amazing prospect but has seemed to fallen on tough times what do you believe she needs to do differently to get herself back in contender status yeah, brother. It's really tough to say. She's been um, she's been a really up and down fighter for her career. She's been with Dean Thomas for a long time, who I find to be a very good coach uh, and really smart, knows the game in and out. I love when former fighters become coaches, you know what I mean? Because they have a perspective that somebody who didn't fight doesn't have. So I think Dean Thomas is super intelligent. I think he's a good coach. And she's a very good ground fighter and she's a submission artist, right? But her stand-up never seems to improve much. If you look at her record over the last few years, she has actually more grappling competitions than she does MMA fights. So my concern with that is that is she spending equal amounts of time focused on improving her already really good grappling skills for those grappling competitions? Or is she spending her time focused on improving her MMA skills, right? Like, the biggest hole in the game is the striking. So if I'm if I'm her coach, if I'm her team, if I'm, you know, if I have any sort of influence on helping her career. What am I doing with Jillian Robertson? I'm sending her to Tiger Muay Thai for like a year. You're not fighting for a year. You're not doing any submission tournaments for a year. You're going to go to Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. You are going to immerse yourself in the striking world, right? There's no better place to sharpen your striking, i.e. Khalil Roundtree, right? Petrion. I mean, there's so many people who have come in and out of Tiger Muay Thai. <clears throat> That's where I'm putting Jillian Robertson for a year. Just get in there, learn the knees, learn the learn the distance, learn the footwork, learn the leg kicks, the punches, everything. 
And then obviously she could really catch up with her grappling very quickly because she excels there. So that's what I would do, man. Send her to Tiger Muay Thai for a year, all striking, all Muay Thai, and then let her come back and let her resume her UFC career. So that would be my advice, Ty. Thank you very much, my dude. All right, Dre, we're going to get into our voice questions. Our first one comes from our homie Cakes. Cakes, take it away. You know what? You know what, Rhino? I am so tired of you coming up with all these creative questions for other podcasts. I feel like you need a humdinger of a question as well. And Drea has to answer too. So, oh, by the way, hello. Hello, Drea. Hello, Rhino. This is Cakes, your favorite. Um, LOL. I don't know why I'm saying LOL when I could just laugh. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh my God, these are so hard. Um, creative question. Wow, this totally backfired because my attention span is completely gone. Okay, so like if you had to pair up two fighters that fought tonight to be a couple in a reality show, which two fighters would you have picked and why? <laughs> yep, okay, bye. This one is pretty easy, dude. I got to go with Alex Pajeda and Miranda Maverick. All right. Hopefully they can make it work if they were on this reality show that you that you brought up. Um, hopefully it would end up in results of like being a kid who would grow up to have Alex's height and reach, but Miranda's power, right? Alex's top-level kickboxing, Miranda's takedowns and grappling. I mean, that would be a phenomenal fighter, which I also think is what's going to happen for Tiago Santos and Yannick Kuniskaya's kid. Um but again, but I digress. <clears throat> Alex Pajeda, Miranda Maverick, I think they would be a fun show. Um, and then, obviously, we would hope that they would work out and then they could create a super fighter down the road. So, thank you very much, Cakes. Great question. And sorry that I asked creative questions other shows. Jeez, that was a weird thing to hate on. Blech. Anywho, <laughs> let's go to our homie, Jim Asood. OG, what do you got this week, dude? What's going on, a bunch of fucking casuals? Ryan on Ryan again. Hope everyone's doing good. Um, uh, my question for you this week is uh, Santo, the main event man. Fuck, that guy was brutal. I don't know what. It just seems like he's just so um, hesitant all the time. You know what I mean? Afraid to pull the trigger. Almost like he's afraid to lose. He kind of acts like. Uh, GSP Woodley, really Woodley, I guess what I'm trying to think of. Where he's afraid to lose a fight if you're the champ, you know what I mean? So, what's next for him, man? Sorry, I'm just fucking wrecked, but keep up the great work and we we'll love the show. We we'll love everybody. You know, it's always 420, man. I don't have a name for Tiago Santos to fight next right now, bro. I. It just should not be somebody in the top 15. That performance last night is not the Thiago Santos that we all know and those of us who love him love. I've been a huge fan. I've talked about it like five times on the show. I've been a huge fan of it for so long. I don't know if it's the knee surgery. I don't know if it's the accumulation of damage over the years. I don't know if it's because he's 38 now. Again, there's a lot of reasons. Like, it, what, what ifs, right? Why is he fighting this way? Why is he showing such a unwillingness to pull the trigger, at least consistently? Consistently. We sh we still see glimpses of it, right? Every you know, even last night we saw a few glimpses of the Tiago Marietta Santos of old, where the the feet are moving forward and the kicks are hard and the punches are meaningful, you know. But they're just glimpses; they're not sustained. 
And that's what I don't understand about what's going on with him. Um, I, I really hope that at some point, maybe he needs another fight or two with somebody out of the top 15 to maybe get his confidence back. I, I don't know what it is, but I don't know what's next for him. But again, I, I say give him another couple fights out of the, you know, out off of the main card or at least low on the main card, somebody not in the top 15. And if he can get kind of back to the Tiago of old where he's aggressive and, and, and a really feared striker, yeah, great, and let him keep going. But if he if he has another performance like that from last night, bro, he's I think he should hang him up, really. So that's my answer on that one, OG. Thank you so very much. All right, let's get into our homie, Juice, from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? What's up, Rhino? It's Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. I know Thiago Santos is one of your favorites, so rather than throw shade on him like I'm probably going to do on my show, I thought I'd give you a fun little exercise. So let's say years down the line, him and his boo, Yana Kunitskaya, come to you and they say they want to renew their vows. They go to CSWR Enterprises Combat Sports Weddings by Rhino. And they want a combat sports themed wedding, an MMA themed wedding. Who are you getting to officiate the ceremony? Where is it taking place? Uh, what are some guests of honor? Who do you think would be the maid of honor? Best man, obviously that's their choice, but you know what what do you think would be in the wedding party? Uh who's gonna be the wedding band? Where's the reception gonna be? All that stuff. Let me know. <laughs> Combat sports with rhino weddings. <laughs> so the Marietta Yana wedding would be too fun. Okay. So I've seen them take a lot of pictures on like beaches and in water. So it would have to be a tropical setting for them for for, for sure. So Let's let's go with Jamaica, right? Casual attire on the sand, a beautiful wedding in Jamaica, right on the beach. Um, for the wedding band, I'm booking Adele, but she only does fun '80s and '90s and 2000s pop covers, right? So think Madonna, think Insane, Backstreet Boys, Christina Aguilera, just like fun pop '80s, '90s, and 2000s, but sung by Adele. Okay. That would be fucking amazing. Obviously, I have no clue on the best man or maid of honor, but like, best believe we'll be inviting a ton of MMA stars from all over the globe. Because obviously, we have someone from Brazil, the groom. Then we have the bride, who's from Russia. Um, so there would be international, you know, and global stars of MMA all over the place. I'm sure there would be a strict, strictly implemented. No arguments about jujitsu versus sambo, okay? That would be completely barred and outlawed from the festivities. And then I would have to have a security detail because there would be so many fighters there and there would be so much booze flowing. I got to have a security detail. So my four-person security detail is as follows. Francis the Predator Ngannou, my favorite fighter in the UFC and a surprise to no one. Steve paid me a chitch. Cyril gone. And then Anderson, the spider silver would be my four guys there as security detail, but I think it wouldn't be necessary. It would be such a fun and beautiful wedding. I love those two as a couple. I'm all for it. So, yes, I, I don't think weddings are my forte, per se, Juice, but that was a really fun question to sink my teeth into. So, thank you very much. And, of course, check out Juice of the Friendly Sparring Pod with him and Leo. All right. Let's get into our fourth one, which is a voice question from our homie, Rage's Sweet Potato, RSP. What do you got this week, dude? Rhino, my man. It's your pal. The Rage and Sweet Potato from out east in Canada way. On Friday at 1 FC, John Lineker put Bibiano Fernandez in the shadow realm. Last night, Song Yidong put Marlon Marais in the shadow realm. 
We all know Big Franny hits like a Mack truck. But I'm wondering, who do you think, pound for pound, is the hardest puncher in all of MMA? Keep up the great work, guys. <clears throat> okay, so the pound for pound hardest puncher in MMA. So you got to take heavyweights out of the equation, right? So then you got to do you look at most KOs via punches, or do you just look at like the optics of what it looks like when said fighter punches somebody? And if you're doing it that way, which is what I'm doing, I'm going with like the most devastating puncher from one of the low weight classes. I'm going with Josh Emmett, dude, 17 and two. For a five foot six, 145 pound guy, he absolutely moves you when he punches you, whether it's a body shot, a head shot, a jab, a cross, a hook, whatever it is. He not only hurts you, but he moves you. Even if you block it, he like he possesses so much punching power for a 145-pounder. It's crazy. Look at the KOs over Ricardo Lamas, Michael Johnson, Mirsad Bektik. I mean, the dude just has thunderous punches. So, yes, for one of the lower weight classes, pound for pound best puncher or strongest puncher, I'm going to land on Josh Emmett on that one. So I know my man Kairos will co-sign on that. He's a big Josh Emmett guy, too. So thank you very much, Rage Street Potato. That was an awesome question, as always. All right, let's get to our last voice question. Comes from the homie D-Crons. And again, to the surprise of no one, D-Crons got this in one or two minutes before the <laughs> as he tends to do, but we love him just the same. So to answer your question, D-Crons, why don't you take that away? What is up, Rhino, Drea, Rhino Gang? Oh, man, last night was so fun. I had so much fun. I'm running on zero sleep, but it was awesome. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Drew Dober um, calling out Bobby Green. I think that would be a really, really fucking fun fight. I want to know what you'd like to see next with him. And Rhino, Yadong looked great last night. I want to know what's next for Yadong. Just looked fantastic. (laughs) um and this is way off topic um the flames beat the red wings last night i didn't know if you caught that just wanted to let you know brother love you guys can't wait to listen to the show rhino gang 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 yeah i talked about a little bit earlier homie i love the drew dober call out of bobby green i think that fight is gonna be just unbelievably great for as long as it lasts so yes i definitely want to see that the Song Yudong call out of Dom Cruz is really, I started, I never even thought about that fight. But Song Yudong versus Dom Cruz could be a really fun one. Um, you know, between Song Yudong's aggression and his striking, and then Dom Cruz, how elusive he is on his feet and his stick and move style, I think that would be a really fun one. And then you could stoke the old fires of the uh, Team Alpha Male versus Dominic Cruz flames that have been going on for over a decade. So I think that'd be kind of fun. So yeah, and I think Song Yudong would get him in that fight. So I'm all for that. And as far as the third part of your question, homie, I don't follow hockey. Of course, I hope the Red Wings do well, but I'm not invested at all. And if you're invested in the flames and you're my friend, I'm glad the flames won. That's all I got to say about that. So great. So thank you very much. D Kron's great question. My dude. All right. Fight fam. Let's go ahead and do our 10 rounds with UFC fighter, Vic, the brick Martinez. After a quick word from our sponsor, K and designs. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. 
You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, everybody out there in the Rhino Gang, we've got ourselves another fantastic guest joining us this week. UFC lightweight Victor the Brick Martinez is the latest fighter to go 10 rounds around us. So, Victor, thank you so much for joining us tonight, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? I uh, appreciate you guys having me on your show. Absolutely, dude. We are super stoked to have you on, dude. So, round one with Rhino is, is always the same for the fighters that we have on for interviews, bro. We love to hear the origin story, the background story, how you first got involved in this crazy world of MMA, dude. Um... <laughs> uh... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, uh, you you want me to tell you uh, how I got started with all this? Yeah, yeah. Just the origin story about how you first got involved in MMA. Uh, okay. Uh, well, how I first got involved with it, it was back in uh, back in '09. Back in yeah, it was like back in '09. Uh, I was still I was a senior in high school, and uh, a friend of mine was was talking to me about UFC and about some fights and this and that. And I had uh, I had never even heard of it, right? So uh, uh, he was like, "Well, after school, come over to my house and we can watch some fights and this and that." I was like, "All right, that's cool," you know. So I went over. I didn't know what to expect, and he was showing me uh, uh, Roger Huerta versus Clay Guida. And uh, and ever since that fight, I was like, "Man, this is a pretty cool sport," you know. I, I've never heard of this, and I would like to uh, join a gym or something. So at that time, back where I'm from, uh, I'm from far. Texas, like close to the border, there wasn't really any uh, any MMA schools or anything at that time. There was a few, not very big sport down there. It was it's more boxing, uh, and then I found a jiu-jitsu school, and that's when I started off training jiu-jitsu first, and then I slowly transitioned, probably like a year into it, to MMA. Yeah. Oh, very cool, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, Victor, your next fight is going to be April 16th at UFC Fight Night, Luke right. versus Mohammed 2. Your opponent yes. that night is Jordan Levitt. Has camp already started for you, bro, or are you kind of starting to, like, work your way into it slowly? Oh, no. As soon as I found out that uh, I had a fight scheduled, uh, I've been in camp for, like, a month already. Wow. And, yeah, all of February, and then I'm starting off March in camp. I mean, we're, what, like six, five, six weeks out, I think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah six weeks out. So you're already in the full swing of it, dude. That's fucking oh, fantastic. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, I, I, I think it's a perfect time for a camp. Like, the amount of time they gave me, it gives me time to uh, come up here to, 
I'm driving right now because I'm coming down. I'm going back home from Dallas. I was up here in Dallas training at Fortis with my coach, uh, uh, Coach Safe Saud, and uh, and uh, I've been here all week. And today, after after training, now I'm driving back home. Ah, from Dallas to far. That's a pretty good drive, my dude. So we got <laughs> we got yeah, some yeah, time. It's, it's like eight um, hours. Right, right, bro. So your last fight was uh was your big win over Jacob Rosales on your contender series fight. Yeah. And I've had several guys on the show who, have, who, you know, who came into the UFC through the contender series and everyone seems to kind of have a different story about how that came to be. So how did your contender series fight get booked? How'd you get matched? Did you find out from your manager that they were talking about? It? Like how that whole thing kind of go down, dude? Um, so I was uh, supposed to find the contender back in, I think 20. I think back in 20, yeah. And uh, I was I was supposed to fight, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, he's a 45er now. He moved down to 45. Uh, Tucker Lutz. I was supposed to fight Tucker Lutz. And that fight was scheduled for us and everything. Uh, but, man, like, for that fight, nothing was really going my way, you know? And uh, uh, my when we went up to go do, like, the interviews and all that, COVID was barely hitting, so everything was real strict with that. So me, uh, my my coach th- at the time that went with me tested positive. So they sent us home, and then I was doing my camp still, and I got injured. So there, I was just like, man, like uh, I'm just gonna pull. So my coach uh, saved. He decided to pull me out of the fight, give me time to rehab my injury, and and uh, just get it stronger. And then he tells me, let's give it a year. Let's just keep training. Uh, the contender series is going to be there. This is uh, be smart about it. So I was like, all right, that's fine. So and then after a year, year and a half goes by, he tells, uh, I mean, I, I'm uh, throughout this whole time, I'm still coming up here with Diego because he, when every time he has a fight, we come up here to uh, Dallas and train. So uh, I was still coming up here to train and help him out with the drive and to train over here with the guys. And uh, he told me, he's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you in this year for the contender. And I, I was like, well, hell yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I, that's the opportunity that I've been wanting. So uh, he told me I'll get back to you on the opponent a couple of weeks after, like a week after uh, we talked about it. They offered me Jacob Rosales and we'll, we, we took it. We said, yeah, that was fine. And, and and then my camp started after that. And for that camp, everything went smooth. Thank God, uh, everything went good. Uh, we went to go do the interviews and everything in Vegas at the Apex. And uh, my coach and I both came back negative, so that was a good start. And 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 well, yeah, I mean, I came out with the win at the end uh, after the fight, you know. And I, I was real. Uh, so I mean, I guess you could say proud. Uh, I was proud of myself, you know, for. Uh, yeah, absolutely, dude. That's quite the. That's quite the rough road to get down to get the. You know, to get yeah. that contract. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's been like. 11 years i think yeah yeah like 11 years of me chasing this contract you know sure uh that's perfect transition into you know looking back at your previous pro career i mean you fought for fury fc several times combate several times obviously had your big contender series win at the apex but this is in fact your ufc debut um, I mean, have you already kind of visualized the walk? I mean, is this something you obviously you've thought about for the, you know, the entirety of your career? Yeah, like, 
I mean, I, I visualize it. I, like I said, like I come out, uh, I corner Diego all the time, you know, and I always, I'm always around him and stuff, and I'm always with him. Uh, he's like my coach, and he's like a brother to me, and uh, so I've been there already at the at the. This, well, this is this is how I felt towards the the contender series fight. So it kind of helped me just ease my mind, you know, and just not be so nervous and, and, and nerve nerve wracking for me. And uh, I was like, man, I've been here, you know, I've walked out here with him plenty of times now, but now I'm the one fighting and he's the one behind me, you know. So so I kind of took that with me and, and and I didn't I didn't really get as nervous as I thought I would be. So I'm kind of trying to use that same. Uh, like same mentality for this next one and just go in there with that same mentality and just kind of just be relaxed and not 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 let it get to me you know and uh i mean and of course uh, at the end of the day like i'm not saying that i'm not gonna get nervous because i mean who wouldn't get nervous in right this, you know but uh just controlling it is what i'm trying to say like i'll be able to control a little bit better just because i've been there before i've i've already kind of it's gonna be at the apex also so i just fought at the apex so, I mean, uh, everything's going to be kind of the same, you know. Now, the only difference is when I look down on my gloves, it's going to say UFC on it and not, not just black, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, your next opponent, your opponent for that night is going to be Jordan Levitt. Now, Jordan Levitt has a very unique style. You know, he's very different from a lot of other fighters uh, in, you know, in kind of his movement and his footwork and kind of how he fights. Um, you know, have you had the chance to see him fight and kind of assess him a little bit, or do you kind of leave that up to the coaching staff? No, yeah, uh, I've seen some of his fights, and I mean, my coaches do as well. I mean, they do that as well. And uh, uh, like you say, like he's he he does have a like a different style, you know. Uh, but man, like I mean, I'm I'm just confident in myself and my training and stuff, and. Uh, I just feel like like I can I, I, I can beat him, you know, and uh, and I mean I'm not going in there uh, like overlooking him, you know. I know he's a good fighter. He has a good amount of fights already in the UFC. He's what three and one? Yeah, he's three and one in the UFC. So I mean, he really has four four uh, fights over me, you know, in in there. So here here I I I respect all that and everything, but man, I I just I just feel good. I've been training hard. And uh, come April 16th, like, uh, I'll be ready. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm calling you Victor. I've heard you, you know, because I in researching for the fight, I've heard people call you Vic and Victor, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So your nickname, The Brick, it kind of coincides with the name. You go Vic The Brick Martinez, yeah. right? Where does The Brick come from and who gave you that nickname, dude? Uh, it was an old friend of mine. Yeah, his name, uh, my old friend Tom. Uh, I've, I've known him since when I first started fighting, and uh, he just started calling me that one day, like, "Oh, Vic the Brick, Vic the Brick," because uh, I had gotten my first knockout win uh, back uh, back home at a STFC, some a different organization from the, from from my uh, from my hometown, and uh, mm -hmm. and he just started calling me that, like playing around, I guess, you know. But man, it, it was catchy and and. And he just kept calling me Vic the Brick, and I was like, man, I like the way it sounds. That's catchy, you know, and, and it rhymes and it goes good together. Yeah. And uh, but at first I was kind of iffy about it because I was like, man, with a name like that, like you're putting pressure on me now. Now I have to fucking like finish these guys, you know? Yeah. Like, you know? 
And uh, but damn, like uh, I'm, I'm, like I guess you could say it matches my my record. You know, lick the brick, and I hit like a like a brick, I guess. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think your friend was onto something, and they they had to like <laughs> foreshadowing for what was yet to come later. Um, <laughs> Vic, the. The, the question that I've really started asking fighters the last uh, last few shows, and I really, I don't know, for some reason I really get interested in the answers. If you really had to, like, think about your life if you were doing something other than fighting, if there was if there's another interest that you have, some other job you ever could have seen yourself doing, maybe what you wanted to do growing up, what is another career that if fighting wasn't an option, what is another career you think you might be into? Uh... Man, I see myself being like a like a cop or uh, just something working like like uh, with the government, you know. Okay. Uh, but I do have my uh, I do I did go to school to get my firefighter license, so I mean uh, I'm, I'm I have my I have a, a a license in that. So just every year I keep renewing it just to keep it there, you know. And uh, uh, after this fight. I'll usually take a fight and I'll put that on hold and I'll just focus on my training. And then after a fight, I'll focus a little bit more on that and start applying at uh, the different cities there by my, uh, by my hometown and stuff. And you kind of have to wait for them to hire. So I've just, I've just asked around if, if the cities are hiring and if they are, then I'll throw my application in, you know, I'll, I'll fill it out. And then when I hear about another fight, then I'll put that aside and I'll focus on my fight, you know? Yeah. But civil service, civil service is essentially the answer, whether it's whether it's law enforcement or whether it's firefighting civil service, which I think is amazing. dude. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, we've we've talked a lot about fighting so far in the interview. We're going to kind of di- divert from that for a minute. What are some things you like to do away from fighting, away from training, away from the cage, away from that whole world? What are some things you like to do to unwind and relax, dude? Uh, I'm not I'm not. I'm just a real true guy, you know, I just like to hang out and just be at home or just hang out at a friend's house or something, you know, just, uh, I'm not, I don't have to go do anything crazy or nothing. I just kind of, if I'm not training, I'm hanging out with some friends or I'm just at home, just hanging out. I have a, I like hanging out with my dog, Drew, so uh, I'll pick it with him, you know, or I'll, I'll go to my coach's house, Diego's house, and I'll just hang out there with him. We kinda, sure. You know, we're both kind of real, like real similar, I guess, in certain ways. And we kind of just real chill, you know, we just like to hang out. So that's pretty much what I do. If I'm not I hear you, man, dude. I'm a low key guy myself. So, no, I completely yeah. understand that. <clears throat> now, we know it's a bitch to make the 155, bro. Everyone has to cut down. We know how much that sucks. You know, I was a pro fighter for 13 years. But as a heavyweight, I never had to do it. So I always feel for you guys <laughs> who yeah. have to cut down on a bunch of weight. So let's say the fight's already done, you already won, you're hanging out with the friends, the family, the teammates. What kind of food are you going after that you've been kind of depriving yourself of, and where are you getting it from, dude? Ah, shit, okay. Uh, I like Peter Piper pizza, so I uh, I always make it a thing. Like, after a fight, I'll, uh, whenever I get home or whatever, I'll, I'll order uh, Peter Piper. It's a pizza. I don't know if you've ever had it or not, but... No. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a real. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's just in Texas. 
I'm not sure though. But yeah, we don't have we don't have Peter Piper here in Detroit that I'm aware of. Oh, uh, okay. What are you What are you getting on that thing, buddy? I just like it, just pepperoni. I like to put extra marinara sauce, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pizza's I'm a very not, popular I'm not one. Really picky. Huh? Pizza's a very popular one. Pizza, yeah. wings, and uh, pizza, wings, and burgers are probably the three biggest ones. And yeah, I can, okay. I absolutely love all three of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally get on board with that. So, Vic, we are absolutely in the easiest round of them all, bro. The tenth round is just the most simple round that there possibly could be. Just okay. share your social medias with everybody, so everybody can kind of follow you. Keep tabs on you. Check you out as your career is moving forward. We can all get on the Vic the Brick bandwagon and really, uh, you know, gain some new fans for you, bud. I uh, appreciate it, man. Uh, well, my Instagram is uh, V Marty with a Y, seventy nine, and uh, and Facebook is just Victor Martinez, uh, just my name. Uh, I don't have like a fan page or nothing like that. Okay. Uh, and I don't have Twitter, so I only use. I only use uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram. So IG and Facebook are the two places to go, everybody. Let's check out Victor, the Brick Martinez. Checking, I'm telling you, dude, this guy and researching him, he really does. You know, 155ers aren't often known for their knockout power. This guy absolutely has it. April 16th versus Jordan Levitt, UFC Fight Night, Luke versus Muhammad too. Everybody sign up, check him out. It's going to be awesome. And then, Victor, thank you so much. For taking uh, the time to guys. join us and go 10 rounds around it today, my dude. Oh, hell yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on your show. Thank you. This is Victor Brick Martinez, and I just went 10 rounds with Todd the Rhino. Victor, man, thank you so much, dude. That was really fun, and uh, it was cool. <laughs> you know, that's a long drive. I think you said it was six hours from Fortis MMA in the Dallas Metroplex down to uh, far Texas where he's from in South Texas. So that was a really fun, cool way to uh, get a good interview in. And you were awesome. Dude. We really appreciate it. And we wish you very good luck on your fight with Jordan Levitt coming up on the undercard of Bilal Muhammad versus Vicente Luque. All right. Let's go ahead and get our shout outs and our outros, Drea, to our forum contributors, to the big homie, Jim Assoon, to the Rage of Sweet Potato times two, to our girl Cakes, our um, roller derby homie. Roller derby was the word I couldn't think of. <laughs> To my guy, the Doc, to Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod, to the motorcycle ride Madman Dean Dog, to our buddy Ty the Fly Guy, the Denver Broncos' biggest fan, and then finally our homie D-Cross. Thank you guys all so much for participating this week. I also want to give a little shout-out to the What's Up Weirdo podcast on their one-year anniversary. So big ups to you, Jessica and John. Congratulations. It's a big deal, and we, uh, we really hope for another many more years for you guys. It's an awesome show. Oh, and I don't mention the fact that, that my girl Jessica is, in fact, another Michiganiac. What? What? All right. So some other shout-outs to our homies in the Rhino Gang. Echo, Ashley from the Silly Little Pod, Brat, Marquise from Week Sauce Radio, Miss Fight Diva, Chris over there at Unmatched MMA Pod. Um, oh, our homie Man of Mayhem. Thank you, brother. To all the ladies of the PRG, thank you for your help every week. Cyrus King, Mike Morgan from Shots Fired Pod. Our girl, Sandy. Our girl, Filthy Casual. Oh, my, all my homies over there, the Underdog MMA fam, Jillian, Chrissy, Monica, Katie. Katie, make sure you pass along to, to Brad. Wow, big congratulations for uh, his new title. That's amazing. Of course, to Jason. I want to give a big shout-out, of course, to all the homies in the Rhino Gang group chat. We had so much fun last night as we do each and every night on the fight nights. Uh, particularly when Songy Dong fights. 
Of course, to the feature player, Andrea, to the best engineer in the biz, D. Reigns, to the top graphic designer in this game. I'll say it all day, every day. The eye sign of graphic design, Dave Fretz. Check him out at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram. Best posters, best graphic designer, bar none. As always, we hope you guys have a wonderful week, both in and out of work. Love is greater than hate, and we will see you next week. Kate Sun!